Well, were there a lot of surprises uh, you saw uh, yesterday, last night, in the great state of Iowa with the caucuses? Uh, that's the uh, question right now. Jason Mollick, of course, with his great work currently at American University in public relations and, of course, uh, started the Fox Radio Network uh, over 20 years ago. Nice enough to join us here on this Tuesday thereafter. We say good morning to you, sir. And what were your takeaways last night? Morning, Jay. I, you know, obviously not too surprised with the results. You know, I think we have, when we have talked in the past, we talked about, you know, Trump, despite all of the things that are surrounding him and have been surrounding him, would be the would be the prohibitive favorite. And that certainly was the case. Obviously, you know, as of last night, with pretty much, you know, close to all those, you know, votes being counted, you know, Trump, the last I checked, was led by 51 percent, 21 percent over DeSantis, according to The Washington Post. And Nikki Haley was in third. But, you know, it really not. Not too surprising. I, in that case, I think it was pretty much a foregone conclusion that Trump would win the Iowa caucuses. And uh, you know, I think the, the pretty much. I don't. I don't think you needed to uh, crystal ball to uh, make that prediction. No, I, I agree. And for those who say, well, you know, the polls could be wrong and everything else, they weren't. They were spot on. Now, listen, when you visit ninety nine counties, as Ron DeSantis did, you got to have a little something to show for it. I, I guess a second place finish is that, even though it was a horse race out to the end, 21.1 or 19.2 as far as uh, Nikki Haley was concerned, but at least it gives Jason uh, DeSantis a life for another day, meeting New Hampshire next Tuesday. It does. You know, obviously, looking at the delegate count, he uh, he picked up eight delegates in you know, Iowa. Haley picked up seven. You know, I think one of the things, though, I, I would, you know, from my perspective, it would have been good for uh for DeSantis to actually, you know, win win an area, and uh, Haley was the only other one on the on the ticket that actually won aside from Trump, and that's something that you know, Nikki Haley, I'm sure, is, is not you know running circles in the offices today and saying that you know this is this is a huge thing, but I will say that DeSantis. Uh, while he can move on to New Hampshire, I, I think this just continues the, from the perspective of many people, even though he did pick up, he's had 21, a little over, you know, 21% of, you know, the, the one, 21% there. I, I'm not sure how much longer his viability will be because as we've discussed, and I think many other people have said that I think DeSantis is you know the luster has has been wearing off, and I think it's showing that it's showing a lot more wear than it did a year ago at this time. So you know, yeah, even Nikki Haley, I think while picking up one county there in Iowa is still, you know, I think even Nikki Haley, who people were saying, oh, she's the alternative, I think that's proving in many ways not to be the case either, because Republicans basically circled the wagons and in Iowa and you know pushed. Trump to a, a you know substantive victory. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I I mean, I will say this: I think Haley's got a little more juice than DeSantis. I mean, DeSantis just spent all of his days in Iowa. Let's see what happens as he heads to New Hampshire and South Carolina, and then of course the biggest test of all, Super Tuesday on March the fifth. But you know, I even said if you if you look at these debates, Haley won them all, including the one the one on one with DeSantis. I still think DeSantis is not yet ready for prime time. Doesn't say he won't be. Uh, 2028 could be a different story. Could be his his uh, time. I, I don't think it is right now. Actually have uh, Haley ahead of the curve more than he does. But really, uh, you know, as, as we move on, it's going to be quite clear 
who the nominee is uh, for this Republican Party, Jason. Yeah, I think it, it, it's obviously very clear that you know Trump is the Republican candidate, or, and, you know is the, is the front runner, and will be the you know Republican will be on the ticket. You know, and it's obviously many that are you know as I said earlier, you know, even with Trump's all of the things surrounding him that are negative, you know, Republicans still supported him. Does that mean that you know he is still he is he's in perfect standing? No. You know, when it comes to the former president, you know, even though he has that lead, I think there were there were you know I'm I'm not I'm a I like exit and entrance polls. They're not they're not a, a bad thing. But and I know that in checking out the Washington Post this morning, there were a number that said you know three in ten voters said he wouldn't be fit to serve as president if convicted of crimes. And then a, I know Fox had showed that seven in ten Haley voters said they wouldn't support Trump. Now that's something that could hurt the former president if they hold that way. But it still shows the party is, at least in Iowa, substantively behind the former president. I, you know, when it comes to DeSantis and Haley, I agree with you as far as, you know, I, I think when DeSantis started out, there were a lot of hopes for him, especially, I think, mainly coming from his side of things and those that supported him. But that sort of waned. Uh, Nikki Haley, I think, still has that, you know, she still has the experience. And I think she'll, she still has the wherewithal, I think, to stay in the race. But I think DeSantis, in, in many ways, is very much, you know, like I said earlier, he'll move on to New Hampshire, but I don't see, I don't know what his path is. And I think you're right. Looking at a number of years down the road, that may be better for him at that time. Or this could just be his sort of, this could have, he was trying to capitalize on his time in the spotlight. And this could be it potentially for him. Because no you look at after, you know, you look after this election, yeah, even though he his age is on his side, well, people really still feel that he's a viable presidential candidate. Well, now, question, Jason Malikow with us. You know, Vivek Ramaswamy, I, I look at him like a speed bump. You know, you're going along at a good at a good rate. And then, you know, you got to slow down a little bit. Why? Because you got a speed bump. And that's how I saw Ramaswamy to the end. He was becoming, uh, you know, one of these mosquitoes. You know, yeah. that just won't go away. You know, still buzzing around and everything else. Listen, I respected him as far as what he put out. Very articulate, very intelligent man. But quite frankly, he, again, not ready for prime time without a question. Not to say he won't be down the road. Could be a candidate. I don't think he'll ever, he'll ever see the White House. But in that regard, uh, only 7.7% of the vote, Jason. His bowing out, who does that help more going forward? Well, I think with Ramaswamy bowing out here, I think obviously he's throwing his support behind President Trump. He said that as he left last night. And, you know, that's not too much of a surprise, even though, uh, you know, I know I saw the Trump campaign was, was came after him, kind of saying that he was undermining Trump. But but then they were also, in many ways, you know, saying that, you know, here is someone that is, has supported the former president. And so, you know, him, you know, Ramaswamy backing former President Trump isn't, it is no surprise whatsoever. But I, I you know, the, the speed bump analogy is, is a very good one. You know, I think there was a lot of things about Ramaswamy when he started his campaign that people, you know, raised an eyebrow. I think as, as time went on with him, I just think he wanted to be more like Trump. And I don't, you know, you really... You can't, you know, unless you want to, you know, pile up the negative asteroids that surround the president right now, unless he wants to take that on, uh, which he seemed like he would, then just support the former president, use your voice to do that and move forward. And I think in a lot of ways, you know, this was, uh, you know, maybe Ramaswamy decides a number of years down the road, oh, maybe I'll take another shot. But, I, you know, frankly, I think this was his time. He tried to capitalize and it just didn't pan out. Yep. 
no question. You know, Jay Smollett with us. So how do the Democrats operate right now? Joe Biden giving uh, a couple of speeches and really kind of focusing in on MAGA and white supremacy, you know, being the deterrent in this uh, country as far as uh, becoming an overall great nation. We know a lot of people are not catching on to that tune. How, do the, how does the party navigate these muddy waters? They see their top candidate drowning in negative numbers, the vice president even worse. Uh, I'm just wondering how far do they go here? Do you go all the way to the convention in August in Chicago? Do you possibly think about a replacement? Is there some sort of an excuse Joe Biden will use based on legal ramifications? At what point do the party heads say, hey, we got to have a meeting here? Yeah, I, I still think, you know, even though there are a lot of people that are, I would think there's there's some in the Democratic Party that are, are probably, you know, hoping that there's a, a viable alternative. But I, I just don't think that, uh, you know, I think in a lot of ways, there's we've talked before about, and, and I've, I've had this conversation with many colleagues and, you know, both, in, you know, in academia, but also outside of it as well, saying that, you know, when you look at the whole political spectrum in the Democratic Party, you know, who is there that can really, you know, really energize a a whole base of voters. And there's, you know, I know we've talked before about this, and I was just reading something yesterday that, oh, what about this, you know, idea that Michelle Obama would run? And, you know, I've mentioned that that it's pretty much, unless she has a complete, does a complete 180, she's not going to just all of a sudden jump into the race. And I didn't think that was something that was serious anyway. I think it was just floated out there, you know, by a few, uh, you know, conservative uh, outlets, but also some conservative uh, commentators. Um, And I I don't see that as, as viable. There's really also no one else in the Democratic Party right now that you would say, okay, Ah, that's someone that we want to, you know, tab to be the next, you know, be the the leader of the party. That's what was hoped for, you know, vice president at one time, and that's clear that has shown not to be the case right now. But you know, I think when you're looking at it from the Democratic Party perspective, you obviously knew that Trump was going to win the caucuses in Iowa. It was not a surprise. I think in many ways, you know, the Democrats will continue to hammer where the where the Republican Party is right now and what they support and how they, you know, how they've handled certain things. And they'll continue to hammer the fact that, you know, even though Trump won Iowa, they can easily say that, look, you know, you here is someone, the former president has all these legal wranglings, 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 excuse me, um, with him. And is this someone you really want to be in the White House or even have a chance to be in the White House? Um, will that be, is that enough? No, it's not enough. You cannot just run, and the Democratic Party cannot just keep counting the, pre- the former president on his legal issues. While it is a big deal, uh, if you continue to just focus on one thing, that will show that you're not really concerned about, you're not really focused on what the major concerns are, which are, you know, even though the economy is seemingly bouncing back, it still needs to get stronger. Uh, obviously, border security is still up there. Um, and, you know, where we, you know, with the national debt, you know, and in many ways, too, it also, how how will the next president, whether it's, it's another term of Biden or if it is actually president, if it's going to be another, you know, uh, candidate, if it's going to be President Trump that comes back to the White House, you know, how, how will that look? And I think the Democrats need to make sure that they focus in on the things that are important to them, which we know that it's it's abortion or women's reproductive rights. We know it's the economy that, that is always up there. But it's also, you know, in many ways, what's the temperature of the country that is really, you know, even though 
after almost four years of President Biden, is probably a little better off, not where the country should be in many ways, in many eyes to a lot of people in this in the United States right now. 100 percent. And I think I still say border security is number one, followed by the economy. I think uh, the immigration policy set forth has people concerned left and right. You know, there's there's a sense there's a danger uh, according to many, that, uh, you know, we could see something here on our own soil again, God forbid. But I think that is the number one issue. And when you look at the encounters we have had, uh, Jason, in November, December, it's alarming. You have over half a million people at that border, uh, out at those checkpoints, many not being vetted at all, many told to come back in eight years, literally. You get a sense that there are some massive issues here, and you still wonder why why this White House will not shut it down a little bit. Unbelievable to me. It's, you know, I think a lot of ways with the border, is it's a very tough, uh, and I, this is, believe me, I'm not, I'm not trying to be politically correct here, and I think, you know, I'm looking at this and saying, you know, how, how does one handle when you are clearly supportive of of a, in a way to you know have open borders and you know but not to the extent where you have you know you have people coming in and Ill- illegally and um, you're seeing a lot of pressure at the border. I think it, I will say this: the Democratic Party, if we're looking at this as an issue around which it is for the for the campaign, you know Trump is clearly continuing will continue to say that it's you know. Building, make the wall or build, you know, build this big border wall around the United States. There, you know, I, I don't think that's necessarily the ultimate answer. But I also don't think right now what we're seeing at the borders is the, you know, is is an answer either. Um, there needs to be more. And I know this sounds like a utopian, probably a utopian answer in the sense, but there needs to be more agreement in, in Congress about how this is going to be handled. And that doesn't mean that it's all on Congress, but it, it does mean it does mean that there there needs to be more discussion on, look, there, there should be there can be a path to people that have been in this country to become citizens. Or if you you come here illegally, you know, and you've been able to, you know, live I, you know, again, this isn't trying to put things into a, a very, you know, easy box, but you've done things where you've come here to work so you can make a, an honest and a good living. I understand that. And there needs to be a, pa- a clearer path so people can, can, can become citizens and feel like they are, because they're working here, they're working hard, they're, they're, they're doing things that are helping the country improve. Great. That should be something that is done to, but the, what we're seeing right now, I think is, it clearly needs to be, there needs to be more strength at the border. There needs to, and I, I don't mean, you know, in many ways to be military, in a military way, it just, we need more, there needs to be more done. And right now, I think with what we've seen, we see, you know, many cities that are, are getting, you know, not just their they're getting refugees, they're getting immigrants, and it's getting to the point where these cities can't handle all this and, and how, you know, especially with refugees, you know, they're going to, some cities are going to issue, cur- potentially issue curfews. And I think that's something when you're, you see an overflow of people coming into an area and there's no, with lack of a better word, end game to that, you're going to have an issue that will kind of drag out for the Republican Party, even though the Republican answer may not be the best one either. And so both parties need to figure out how are they going to work together to fix this. And if they're not, it's going to be a continued problem for whomever is in the White House after 2024. Uh, You know, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think that aspect is always lost, at least as of late. Uh, We elected officials to 
fight for us, us residents here in the United States of America. I think that's been lost. You know, if I get to see if I get to see Jim Com- Jim Comer and and Jim Jordan every night talking about Hunter Biden, I, I mean, I'm going to vomit. I mean, seriously, how much more can you take of this nonsense? Yes, he needs to be legally and, and dealt with. And if Trump needs to be legally dealt with, he should. But every night, the focus, I mean, when are we going to have sensible discussions? Throw away the party lines, try and get this country back on track, keep us safe. You know, somehow, you know, the the border, we got to fix it. We can't allow all these folks in. We just can't. I'm all for everybody getting a second chance or another chance in life. But my goodness, I mean, to be put in danger like this, to, to have undocumented individuals on a daily, hourly basis coming to this country is is just, it's unsustainable. We have lost our way as why we elect our officials to represent all of us. We've lost it. Uh, somehow we got to get it back. If it means another president, so be it. But somehow we got we to gotta figure on that thinking. I'll tell you that much. Because quite frankly, the, this road, uh, Jason, uh, this road we are going down is not working. And I have had my fill with all this Hunter Biden garbage. I mean, it's almost every every day, every you know, shows all over the place. Let's focus in. I want to see Mike Johnson do his job as a speaker. Get people together here and let's talk about the issues nonstop. Okay, not, not to say impeachment inquiries and everything else are not in place. But Mayorkas, Biden, with his nefarious deeds, if they are true, and certainly the vitriol that has gone to the former president and everything else, he's having his day in the sun right now in the courts. But we need to focus in as a country of getting us back on track. We have lost our way, my friend. I'll give you a final thought on that. Yeah, it's a... Jay, it's an excellent point, and I've had this conversation. I think we've all had these conversations with with sensible people, and again, that's not an insult to anyone. It's just that you know, one of the things that we are seeing more and more of is this divisive, like, okay, one side of the party right now, okay, we're going to focus on Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden, and look, that doesn't mean that Hunter Biden isn't, you know, he he shouldn't be, you know, have his day in court. And he, he will. And but is it something that really is necessary for Congress to focus on? No, it's not. I, no. This is not something that is going to, with all due respect, make or break the United States of America. What will break the country is if you're not focusing on the safety of its citizens or even making sure our, its citizens, whether they be people who have come here illegally uh, and I should I shouldn't say citizens illegal. I should say that people that have come to this country illegally, there should be. You know, there's, there needs to be something better in place. You have Texas taking things into their own hands and the United States saying, look, you know, our border security needs to do its job. But, then, you know, the Texas National Guard coming in and, and not allowing the, the border, that's not something that should be happening at all. And it's, it feels like things that are going on in Congress, there, there are too many, you know, like we tell kids at times, you know, when they're in school, and it, this may be a bad analogy, but basically it's focus on what you need to do to succeed. Stop worrying about the other things. You're getting, you're focusing on too many other things. 100%. Make sure that we focus on the things that work for will work for us as a country and debate them, debate them in the halls of Congress. But right now, we're not having that. We don't have the, and it, it is, it's a lack of leadership, and it's a lack of focus in, in Washington right now as to how we as a country can move forward. And it's becoming alarmingly so in the, in recent years, how we how people are elected into these offices, not based on, in a sense, merit or what they what they what they will do, but it's what they say they will do, and then they get in there, and it's an agenda that backs because 
It's sort of an eye for an eye attitude. And that's not how the United States of America should be operating, especially in the halls of Congress. I agree with you. I agree with you. Perfect example is the president of the United States had was nowhere to be found uh, during all that was going on with the Houthi strikes in the Red Sea and didn't even know where his secretary of defense was. I mean, if that doesn't say it all, I don't know what does. I mean, we have got to get back to the moral fiber that really made us the world power. We've lost our way. Jason Mollica never loses his way. He, of course, does a wonderful job, PR over at American U, and uh, all the great work he has done for the last 20 years with Fox uh, News Radio. And he'll be with us every step of the way throughout the process of this electoral season, including that of New Hampshire next week. You stay well, my friend. Well done. Thank you. You have a great rest of the day. and uh, Stay warm and stay safe, everybody.